0: You're listening to SCGA Off the Hosel, the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association. Here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Biff Lathrop.
1: Hey and welcome back to SCGA Off the the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association. I am Alan Knight. Lucky to be joined by Mr. Biff Lakeup, the executive director. Biff, what's going on?
2: Oh, Alan, we are doing we're doing golf, baby. We just keep on rolling. That's what we do around here. Yes, yes, you do. It's, it's, it's a great thing. We've been very fortunate. We've had a good couple of weeks since we got together. Uh, we had our carolina's net amateur at the blackmore golf club down there in the myrtle beach area and that's yeah. a you know that's an event this scga the cga and the wscga come together and uh, alternate hosting each year once in north carolina and then we had it this year at blackmore but um bunch of bunch of folks come in and, and a net amateur is exactly what you would imagine and we yeah. had uh we break it up into six divisions and in our men's division, uh, Tim Dup- Dupree out of Lexington got a victory. In the senior men's division, Dennis Guerrero out of Lexington. Okay. Uh, typical. He tends His name shows up on some of these net events. In um, <laughs> the super senior men's division, uh, Michael Burdick from uh, Mecklenville, South Carolina, took, took the men's titles. And then in the women's divisions, uh, we had the women's division where Jessica Martino Stansberry out of Georgetown, South Carolina, which is a local there, mm-hmm. and then... Senior women's division, Miss Deborah Martin out of Columbia, South Carolina, took the championship. And then the super senior women's division, Miss Jackie Edmonds from Greensboro, North Carolina, wow. took the victory. So out of the six, five of them were South Carolina folks, which is pretty good.
1: And it's all net. There's no growth. Score. It's all net. Huh. It's
2: all net. And, you know, we have to be careful with some of these. You know, and these net events can get sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, it's. Uh, yeah. it's uh, we we try to keep an eye on it, and then afterwards we 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 make some adjustments if we need to down the line. But it's uh it's a good event. It's a good opportunity to get these folks together, and you know not have to be out there and be a scratch golfer to play in these things. You can we have championships for everyone, and that's right. that's one of the one of the ones we do.
1: Reminds me of the old ouch column hat used to put.
2: Yeah, only you can control handicaps, yeah. he he used to he used to ring you up, buddy. If you if you shot something you weren't supposed to shoot in a one day. Some, yeah, he'd put you right in that newspaper. He'd yeah, call you out. He would.
1: I, I've seen those old things. <laughs> i was like, wow.
2: Yeah, you want to dodge the house column. It was no no that was no good. Um but the same weekend we had that going on, uh our player series continues to roll on and with this player series and the point system within the player series we were able to bring back the junior four ball, which Which is is now called the Rick Vith Junior four ball.
1: I saw he was on site there.
2: He was on site um you know, we did it at the Fort Club, which his stepson's got some uh, got some ownership in, yeah. and we do it in conjunction with the first tee upstate and, and had them in, so we were working with them in, in tandem with them, and just great to get that tournament back. Rick Rick created that tournament. The first team that ever won that golf tournament was Lucas Glover and Jeremy Revis, yeah. uh, and, and we've you know, got their pitchers, and it's just been a great, great event through the years. and. With the point system, the overall point system, it kind of died because people couldn't, kids couldn't get points as they needed to play in it. And so with this new player series, it allowed us to do what we wanted to with our own point system in that player series. So had a great weekend at the Fort there in 96. Um, this is actually a rescheduled because Hurricane Ian washed us out the first weekend we were going to do it, but we're able to get it back on the books. And after it was all said and done in the girls' division, the 13 to 18 year old division, uh, Caitlin Gaines and Brooke Burgess shot a score of 80 81 to take take the victory in the girls' division. And in the boys' division, uh, Brooks DeShields and Blake Kelly, man, shot 71 64. Wow. For a score 135 score and t- took the title by one there for them. So. By one by one yeah. so it was a tight it was it a tight is. tight tight two days and yep. again just great for Mr. Veith he's been a he's been the chair of our foundation for many many years and uh, has been, a, been a, he was past president of SCGA and just a a stalwart in the game for us and a, a just a great great
1: gentleman no doubt and there's not many team events for kids to play
2: no i mean this is new you know you, i think people like you and i we're not going to play unless it is a team event right. exactly i mean they have
1: their high school golf but like you say you don't want to have to depend on my ball no I, you
2: don't you don't get many four balls for juniors and so this no. is an opportunity for us to get this back going and it was a success and we look forward to continuing on that tradition yeah um, you know, talk about Star Wars of the game. I think everybody knows my father, Hap Lathrop, was executive director for over 40 years, and uh, right after those two events we just spoke about, uh, we got to go to Point Clear, Alabama, and there's a, a group called the IAGA. It's a national association, and uh, all the administrators from across the nation come together, and they do a DSA award, Distinguished Service Award, each year. And Dad got
1: honored this year. And well-deserved honor.
2: Well-deserved honor. Uh, he got, to, I, ta- I had to talk him into coming to Alabama, but uh, once we got him there, he got to do a little acceptance speech and got to see all his old friends. And so just want to throw congratulations out to Dad on, on his, his honor and that award. It's really something special.
1: Absolutely. Congratulations, Uh
2: We got back from Alabama and went to Hartsville, South Carolina, for the Players' Championship, which I know yeah. you've got a long history with the Players'
1: Championship. I love it. I miss that tournament. Uh, the really Fry did. Guys. Yeah.
2: Heck, Chris Miller even showed up and sat there with the Fry Guys this past weekend I, to hang out.
1: I thought about it, but I had an obligation I couldn't. Well,
2: they uh they had another good event. The golf course was great. They do a great job supporting it locally there and and, and had, you know, two different divisions in the boys and girls and the girls 10 to 12 division AC Peak shot a uh, 77. They played two 9-hole rounds, 77 for. There was no playoffs here, and I'll tell you, you'll get the idea of this in a minute, but it's AC Peak won by nine shots in the 10 to 12 girls division and the girls 13 to 18 division Bridget Wilkie shot 69 71 140 for an eight shot victory. Wow. Uh, in the 10 to 12 boys division, Hayward Jennings posted a nine, two nine hole scores of 67 Wow. for a five shot victory. Yeah. And then the overall champion uh, in the boys 13 18 division, this is his fourth junior championship of the year, uh, Mr. Andrew Gregory. Yeah. Sixty nine seventy for a two day 139 total and a four shot win. So uh, if the, 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 the guys and girls that won won, won by a lot this yeah. past weekend yeah.
1: and I would say Andrew Gregory is having quite the year he's having that quite the year I'm good for him congratulations yeah. to him so
2: uh, obviously still a lot of going on these last couple of weeks and, and I know you and I with the off the hosel this is our last episode for, for a little bit I think we're going to take yeah. January, uh, December and January off for the holidays and kind of regroup and come back strong in 23 but yeah. uh, we still have a lot of events coming up we've got a player series that w- would have just happened after this airs uh, we did it at the Southern Oaks um we got the lathrop cup the day this comes out the lathrop cup will be at the country club of lexington i think we've got 22 teams and the lathrop cup is a a club event where the pro and three of their amateurs senior amateurs come together and and, and play two different competitions a pro-am and a, a team event with the three amateurs so we're looking forward to getting that done uh we've got the 40 plus finale coming up at true blue uh in the first of december and we Still got a USJ qualifier of all things. We got a USJ four ball qualifier that's coming up in December, and then also the Ford Picard. Yeah, it's going to be happening. Once. And then we finish it off. The last term of the year is the New Year's Eve, Eve Classic. I think yeah. we're going to be at it's, it's Santee. I think we are for that one. Okay, I haven't seen the schedule. So yeah, we still still got some events to get yeah. through the next couple of times, but uh, we're excited. It's, it's a good opportunity. We can have that opportunity here in this state. We can play golf pretty much year round. It might not always be real comfortable, but we can play for most. True,
1: part. true. And I will. I want to plug real quick that the SCJGA twenty twenty three calendar and memberships are available now.
2: Yes, so. they're out now. Um, we got a, a, a one. We got all the events we did for the last 2022, but we've added a new event: in the match play. We're going to be down at Congaree in May. Yeah. Uh, I know we got a lot of juniors clamoring that want to get into that one. That's going to be a special experience. I'm going
1: to apply. Yeah, can I pass should. for yeah. a junior?
2: I, I think your time has passed. Uh, I don't here. Yours and mine both, but um, you know. Excited about what's coming up in 2023. Appreciate everybody listening for the, for this episodes off the hosel for this past 2022, and uh, for the last episode of, of 2022, we've got a, a special guest with us today. It was uh, Mr. Greg McBride, who's been a long time head professional here at, and Mister Everything here at, at You're right. the Spur at Northwoods. We call it now, yeah. Whereas um, it's known now, and uh, but he's been uh, good for golf, and and was good to spend some time with him. And we hope everybody in, enjoys the listen.
0: Together, the South Carolina Golf Association, the South Carolina Junior Golf Association, and the South Carolina Junior Golf Foundation strive to promote, preserve, and grow the game of golf in South Carolina. Through a combined effort, each association and the foundation work to support amateur golf, junior golf, and grow the games initiatives throughout the state of South Carolina. Be sure to follow all three organizations on our social media handles for the latest and greatest updates and news. The My SCGA app is also a great way for all members to post scores, follow live scoring at SCGA Major Championships, and stay updated on all things SCGA. To follow live scoring of the SCJGA events, download the SCJGA app.
1: We're lucky to be joined by another living legend, Mr. Greg McBride from the Spur the Northwoods. Greg, how are you?
3: I'm doing great. How are you guys?
1: Good. Thank you for letting us infiltrate the Spur this morning.
3: Good to be here uh, and I'm, I'm glad to have you. It's uh, good to be
1: back. I spend so many days here with the city tournament. Like when I'm not here, I kind of miss it. I even told my wife last week I said I may go playing at Northwoods dogfight on Tuesday, but you don't want any part of that. I don't. I'm playing so bad I don't. <laughs> we'll get
3: to that later, but you don't want any part of that. <laughs> if you miss Tuesday, you could come on Wednesday or Friday <laughs> or Saturday.
1: <laughs> so let's go way, way back with you. Okay. How'd you get introduced into golf? Where are you from?
3: I'm from Greenwood, South Carolina. Um, my dad was a good player uh, back in the day he, he's still living but doesn't play golf anymore um, my memories really go back to about 10 years old you know my parents dropping me off at the club in the morning um, ironically one of my teammates Greg Rawlings was a good player uh, he was here this past week um, and I gave him some new clubs he had some 40 year old clubs and I updated him a little bit appreciate <laughs> uh, and Mark Stevens um, they both played at the Citadel. We were all in the same class. Uh, we went on to win the state championship in 1980. Uh, Greg and I were laughing uh, this past week and said, I remember when the nine-hole score was 72, and the only thing that, <laughs> that <laughs> matters tomorrow is that you shoot 71.
2: Where would you play in Greenwood?
3: Greenwood Country Club. Greenwood Country Club. Um, so really, at that time, there was just two clubs, Star Fort uh, and Greenwood Country Club were you know, the two places to play. Well, and they had – they had 27 holes back in that time. Did they have 27, 27 holes 27, yep. Okay. Um, the, the 18 across the street, which I call the old 18, yep. um, was there. And then there was another nine that got changed later on for real estate purposes. But the probably lodge. was the best nine, but people just thought of playing the other right. you know, across the street. The Lodge nine. You're
1: right. We did the Pee Wee championship. When we, we did a couple started. things there, yeah.
3: Yeah, we used it. And yep. then previous to Lodge was Mimosa. You guys might not be long old enough to remember. No, I don't remember the Mimosa. Mimosa, which was a really good nine holes. Okay, uh, and they changed it for the Lodge nine. Was kind of a real estate venture. Okay, I gotcha.
1: Interesting. So growing up, growing up in Greenwood. Yes. Then you you went. Did you played junior golf. I mean,
3: played junior golf. Yes. Um, there wasn't much of a schedule back then, right? Very little of a schedule. wasn't anything remotely you know like there is now. I probably played more men's weekend invitational type tournaments on did saturdays you? and sundays in the local you know 50 yep. 60 mile radius um because there wasn't a lot of junior golf uh played in the the junior championship at lexington every year right uh and would see uh old hap uh, there yeah. every year
1: <laughs> you made the georgia Carolina team matches didn't you i did yeah
3: um that that me you in know, my last year
1: where did do you remember tell me about that where did you play what, what course did y'all compete
3: we played at hounds lake in aiken okay um you know, and I, I haven't been there in a long time, but I remember that. It wasn't, yeah, you know, that was a big deal back then to make that little – You know, it's kind of
2: interesting with some of these guys we talked to, like yourself, and, you know, we've got all those pictures from 1976, I guess, when it started on our wall, and you can kind of see the historical, you know, vision of everybody in there. But yourself, Donald Clement, you know, Steve – all these guys are in the business now that through, made those matches at some point yeah, in yeah. time. It's still kinda cool to kicking watch. along, yeah. Right,
3: <laughs> still going, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it was so different, you know, back then. And and my dad played football at South Carolina, so and I played football at Greenwood, which was the thing to do in Greenwood right. uh, at that time. And I was pretty sure I was headed for the NFL uh, <laughs> <laughs> as a football player. Uh, got hurt my senior year returning a punt. Um, didn't get to play basketball which i played on the basketball team uh, and played golf sooner that year than ever before you know even though my practice wasn't i wasn't 100 percent, but i hit balls and chipped and putted and had a really good senior season um and then got to pick carolina clumps florida state were my three choices nice. you know to go to school at just based on that one little small you know good golfing time wow. and, and in today's world that would you know that would just never happen. Oh, no, you got to have that legacy yeah. as a junior. <laughs>
2: but you know, you talked about going around and playing some of the men's invitations and stuff. And that we've doing the process of this, we've talked to a lot of folks where the younger guys playing with the older guys taught them so much about the game back then, and you know how how to play, how to compete, and sometimes how to gamble too. If you you know you out there with two a dollar in your
3: pocket yeah. and you're paying for five, you better play good. My dad was pretty lucky as a he he started playing golf at 26. Uh, at Greenwood and got got hooked up with a couple of three or four you know zero handicappers zero one twos uh, and then that's who when I was 11 12 13 that's who I played with uh, and if I didn't hit a bunker shot properly or hit a chip shot you know they would jerk me up by the collar and pull me to the side <laughs> so you can't hit it like that you know got hit it like this uh, <laughs> and we didn't have a pro for a long time at the club so those older fellows were kind of like the you know, the golf professional yeah. at, at your club. And when you were struggling, you would lean on one of those fellows that you liked and had a good relationship with to head to the range and help you out, which, um, you know, as they got older and quit playing and I went through college and, and I would still see them at the club and that was awesome, yeah. uh, you know, to go back and have that, that heritage of golf um, that you could talk to those fellows later right. in life.
1: You got a question about Greenwood Country Club for you. All right. The back bar. That used to be a back men's bar. Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? I've been in there many times. I'm sure. (laughs) I'm not sure. what I heard it was before it shut down, there was a bartender back there, and he was telling me how on some nights there was a poker game where – to get a seat at the table, there would somebody jump through the window. It might have been Doyle. I don't know. Or my dad. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is, is that, okay, yeah, Doyle So Doyle's uncle. my uncle, right? Okay. Uh, and my nope. dad's Bobby. is his name. I think that was. I uh, said, uh, Miss McBride <laughs> would jump through that window to get his seat. <laughs> <laughs> All uh,
3: yeah. I, you know, now in making tea times and in the everyday world, you know, everything's so electronic. Um, my dad would come down on a rainy Saturday in November. The high's going to be 50 and he would say, come on, get up. We're headed to the club. And I would think, we're not playing golf today. And he'd be like, yeah, but if we don't go, we got to stay here. <laughs> oh, man. That's so funny. we'd head to the club. The poker game would already be in full force, you know, at 10 o'clock, right. eleven o'clock in the morning. He would look at me and say, we're not going to play golf. <laughs> oh, that's good, You can go go do whatever you want, you know, and I'd bail out and be gone. But
1: So you went to Carolina?
3: Went to Carolina. Uh, that late scholarship opportunity, there was no... Um, money left available. Bobby Foster, you That's know, would have been phone. the coach at that time, uh, is offered me an opportunity, uh, yeah. it, you know, to come and, and not be a walk on, but be on the team. But, you know, there was no money available. Right. Um, I went that freshman year and played pretty well and got a little scholarship money after that and um, redshirted one year, went through some up and downs. And uh, my fourth year, my third year, I redshirted. The fourth year, uh, I came back and we played and finished eighth in NCAA's. And um, Fred Wadsworth yep. would have been one of those guys uh, that that played that year. Greg Sweat, who's still say. roaming around in South Carolina. Will Hanks, someone who went on and also played on the tour. Okay. Um, you know, you just you don't take for credit how good those fellows were. You know that you were right. just hanging out with every day. But but all those fellows are still pretty good players. And, Of course, Fred went on and won yeah. you know, on the PGA yeah. tour. What
2: was the time frame of that? It was eighty eighty four? Is that when you graduated? Nineteen eighty through
3: eighty five. Okay, you know the one red shirt year in there, um, would have took me through eighty five. Um, the next year we came out and it was me with Matt McCarley, who was a year behind me, and, and a whole bunch of freshmen, and we weren't so good. <laughs> <laughs> Those were uh, different.
1: Did you did you get supplied golf balls back then by the school, or
3: we would get a dozen balls for a, you know for an outing for, okay. for a tournament. Okay. Um, that was the, right in the, the beginning of ping, pretty much all the college players played with ping clubs. Okay. Uh, is, and you know, they would outfit you with ping clubs, those would go through the coach, um, and pretty much everybody played I ping. I-2s? Ping 2s yeah. yeah. Uh, Square grooves back in the day. <laughs> what
1: what color dot were you?
3: I was black. <laughs> okay.
2: All right. Hey, so Bobby Foster's a living legend, and he's been, he's been on this before, and he's man, that man's done so many different things in the golf industry. I, how was he as a golf coach? Was he was he a more of a van driver, or did he really coach you?
3: A little of both. He he, he tried to give everybody lessons, um, and, and the hard part back then, there was so much less information than there is now. You know, as you look back, and uh, a new swing thought would come out, a new technique, and he would try to apply that to, you know, all 15 guys, <laughs> 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 and it would work on three of them. <laughs> uh, but the year we had a really good team, it, it, we, we played the whole year, you know, n- almost no change in the lineup. Um, we became friends, you know, the, the five players. And he and um, he didn't monitor us so hard. He knew we were committed. Uh, we were playing well, it is, and that made it easy. The, the atmosphere of that year was easy. The next year, you know, when things were tougher and, and we didn't have all the, the good players, I had played a good day at the university of north carolina and he had these rules if we're not in this position we got to practice for two hours if we are if we're we're going to get up two hours before our tea time so if we play at seven we're getting up at five well you know college kids don't get up at five not very well is so we finished playing i had had a good day the team didn't have a good day and i was just sitting under a pine tree over close to the driving range and he walked over and he said, man, it looks like you lost your best friend. I said, I did. Those four guys that were here last year. There you go. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> wow. Bobby Foss, that
1: was, uh, I think, were you practicing at Spring Valley that time? Were y'all, Is that what you all practiced mostly?
3: Mostly we, we played our tournaments at Spring Valley, but okay. probably 50-50. Um, it would have been, I think, Woodlands at that time, but okay. it had been Valhalla, previewed right, right oh, before I would have gotten there. Um, but we played there quite a bit. Uh, you know as well. I did
1: not realize Woodlands was under a different name at one point. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Ball, which Hall, makes sense. Club. It's on Ball Hollow Drive. Yeah. So, what? Uh, what? You graduated '85, you say?
3: Graduated '85. Then what you um, do? Was at home just playing a little golf and was on the practice tee at the club one day hitting balls and uh, Jimmy Self, yeah. um, who is passed away now, but but their family owns Palmetto Dunes and Hilton Head walked out and asked me what i was going to do and he had been a very good player had played at clemson previously and and he was my dad's four ball partner so we i had a good relationship with him and i said i don't know i'm thinking about getting in the golf business and he said well i'll put you to work in hilton head but you got to start at the bottom and i said okay so he arranged me an interview i went down a few days later came back home you know took the job My dad looked at my mom. They they went on their honeymoon in Hilton Head when it was, you know, there was nothing there way before that. And he said, we always wanted to live in Hilton Head. Pack up. I'm moving you to Hilton Head with Greg. Oh, wow. (laughs) <laughs> and did they? And they did. Wow! Uh, took my dad about a year to sell his dental practice in Greenwood, uh, and then he went down and practiced dentistry in, in his nails. Cool. So um, I spent five years there, gravitated up to be a head professional. Um, I also head pro at a Fazio Course in Palmetto Dunes. Okay. Then Bobby called me one day and said, "Hey." He sent me on an interview first to Sunset Country Club, which is now a Coyote Club. Yeah. Yep. Um, John Winterhalter and I were the, the final two guys, and, oh, really? and they offered the, the job to John. Um, he then called me and sent me to, um, I went blank, the course in Lexington mid-carolina no, no golden hills Golden Hills, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and i interviewed there and it, it, it just didn't work out uh, a couple months went by and he called me again and said look i got a new course that's opening um, i came and interviewed uh, i interviewed with a fellow don e taylor who is a real estate guy here in columbia and there were four partners he and a fellow from canada and pb die the designer here yeah um, and a guy also a Colombian, david jordan who's in the construction business so I accepted the job, um, moved my little family up here. I had a three-year-old at that time. I think I was 28 at that time, so which was pretty young, you know, to be a golf professional. Yeah. Um, and the course was about halfway done from a construction standpoint, so I really got to be involved, you know, from day one. We're know. talking about here at Northwoods. Here right? at Northwoods. Yeah. yeah. That Man. that would have been 1990. Okay. So, so I you came, came here in '90 before it was opened. June 1st, 1990. Man. So let me ask you this: Back to your Hilton Head
2: days. I mean, they said they brought you in from the bottom, and I mean, good for you, right? You learned a little bit of everything, oh, starting yeah. at the very I, bottom.
3: I, I and, and I enjoyed it. Uh, actually, the, the lucrative jobs at the resorts are the fi- the, the fellas working the cart guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, tip money. You, you go home with some <laughs> cash every day. <laughs> uh, is uh, and then I got to be an assistant. You got to move inside and start teaching. Uh, Then I gravitated to a first assistant and those those are kind of based on fellas moving on. You know, there'd be a spot open up and you'd move on and when the head professional spot opened up, there were three first assistants, Uh, Eric Lanford, who later went on and worked in Charleston, um, and a guy Bobby Downs, who's still in the golf business in Hilton Head. And and I just went in. I was the only one married, um, had a child, and I said, that job's not up for discussion. I'll take a pay cut. (laughs) <laughs> to, you know, to take that job, wow. uh, and yeah, I got my opportunity. Was there a couple years, and uh, you know that that learning curve was fantastic to be involved in the merchandising. You know, you look at their budget, things that a place like yep. that does is totally different than you know than even here now, right? Um, it, so it was it was a good thing, uh, and then I was glad to come here and you know have my own opportunity.
2: Yeah, and have your own experiences and kind of know what you needed to yep. do. And now, how soon after? you got here did they all actually open up the golf course and were you here for months trying to finish it up or
3: so we opened um i think it was october 8th of 1990. the back nine really had not grown in completely it was pretty close but you know it didn't make it and and then we suffered a little bit in the spring on those greens for that reason um but we opened and it was pretty successful i mean we we were busy for that little short period of time Uh, and then once the spring hit we were we were pretty busy um, I had a Jeff Pinckney, who's still in the golf yep. business in the lower state. He was my first first assistant here. Uh, Alan Corsi, who's now passed away and, and stayed in the golf business as well, uh, was my second assistant. So I, I had some good guys that I enjoyed. Um, you know, golf was, tournament-wise, much different then. A lot more outings, a lot more uh, tournament golf, I think, due to a tax situation right. you know, companies yeah. could write, A little more off from a entertainment standpoint than they can now Uh, but we were busy who was your superintendent first Uh, very first superintendent's name was Ben Drewley he was a Canadian that came with PB a part of his construction crew and he kind of wanted to settle down Um, he didn't didn't enjoy from day one didn't enjoy the superintendent side of it he wanted to be a builder So, pretty quickly, he was gone of his own accord. Right. Um,
1: At some point, the current STGA president was your superintendent, just now.
3: Still people in the golf business. So, then when I replaced Ben with a fellow, Billy Ford, um, who is now in Kiowa, uh, still a superintendent. And and he was fabulous. Um, He was about my age. Um, We had some struggles agronomy-wise along the way, those first couple years of... The greens going from winter to summer, you know, they're always not full when they come back in. And um, he he pretty much taught me everything I know about agronomy today because I would ask questions and we'd go out and ride around and, and at that point my family had gotten some ownership piece so I felt like it was mine. Yep. Um, then Billy moved on, uh, had an opportunity to be an owner at a course in Greenwood, Hunters Creek. Really? Uh, so Billy was an owner with my dad and I with the partner at Hunters Creek. And we replaced him. Um, there was one guy in between there. He he didn't last long. He didn't want to be a superintendent. Yeah. Um, and then Jeff Canell came, and that was his first job. Yeah. Um, he came bouncing in here the first day, and <laughs> we we still laugh about this every time I see him. He said, "Um, we need to airify." And I said, "Yep, yeah, it, it's time to airify." He said, "Well, you know, we're we're going to close Sunday afternoon about two o'clock." We'll be closed Monday and Tuesday, and you can open back up about 2 o'clock on Wednesday. And I said, well, let me tell you how this is really going to go down. <laughs> <laughs> we're not closing. You know, we're going to open all day Sunday. You got till 10 o'clock on Monday morning. I will close for you a couple of hours. Uh, but after that, here they come. Right. Um, and he wasn't too happy with that. <laughs> Sam. Is But he, he learned. He had yeah. been in a private club situation. It was never about cash flow. It wasn't a daily fee type yeah. situation. So, you know, we allowed him an opportunity to widen his scope a little bit. Yeah. Um, then he left here about three years later and took the job at Columbia Country Club. Yeah.
1: In which the current Columbia Country Club super, Sam Fryer, worked for Jeff Cannell out here as yes. well so um,
3: we we still lean on Jeff today and that would go back to wow the ninety three four five right in there somewhere I couldn't even call the year for you but still today agronomy wise if we have issues um, we call Jeff and he comes over and we yeah. chat and well there's no better person to talk to I know he's my president and I'm not I'm not trying to build him up here but uh, he,
2: you know he, he's got a vast amount of knowledge in that big old head of his yes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: i actually this week sent him a text my uncle was bidding on a state contract um you know totally outside of golf for sure state park golf course they put that out for bid in a state bid situation so Hmm. um one I won't call the company name, but one of the companies we recognized the product. And I said, "Do you have contact there?" And he shot it right back to me. This is the guy you need. (laughs) He knows a lot of people. (laughs) It's kind of funny. We had
2: a lot of firsts, and we're back here at the first of Northwoods. But I'm, I kind of, I kind of cracked my knuckles out here at Northwoods marking golf courses. If you, if you learn how to mark a golf course, this place can teach you how real quick. You have to hammer some stakes. (laughs) Yep, yep, (laughs) and then. I know, Alan, when you first started work, I think you and I, this is the first this, place you and I worked. This at.
1: was the first golf course I marked as a SCGA employee. Yeah. And it's been Biff, I remember the piece of advice Biff told me because we were going backwards. He says, "If somebody yells for, it, cover your mouth. That way, if the ball hits your teeth, you don't want your head. You know, you don't want anything in your head bothering you. you, you your but. shoulders and yeah, everything yeah. will bruise up. That yeah. that'll, that'll, that'll heal. Be, Those be teeth right.
2: are expensive yeah. to fix.
1: You know, so cover
2: your mouth if you." Don't I could have gotten that coming. done for you. We could have got you a little discount. <laughs>
0: That's right. You know the people in the dentistry. <laughs> That's right.
1: And I think I did some have somebody yell for, it, and I totally covered my mouth real quick. But
3: but but using Jeff, um, at, while we're talking about him a little bit, is my superintendent. Uh, came as a foreman with billy ford from charleston he was at snee farm um he's still here today so 1991 uh, until today he is now my superintendent nathaniel green Uh, wow and my mechanic glenn richardson was here previous to me and he's still here today so when we call jeff and and ask for advice it's kind of like the old team yeah you know comes back together yeah. Um, which is wonderful for me because it makes it easy. I can say, hey, just call Jeff, or I'll call Jeff, or right. you know, the the mechanic calls Jeff. We, we for the city tournament this year, we needed some verticutting reels. Yeah, um, we got those from Jeff. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, borrowed him for a couple of days and um, gave him back. Is so you know that relationship is just tremendous. I taught his son along the way, Chaney. Chaney, yeah. Um, you know, as as he came through the ranks. well yeah. to-
1: I'm not gonna say Jeff made him, but I think Jeff. Wanted him to grow up, not grow up a little bit like he was immature or anything, but he put him in the dogfight out here to, to learn to play. You know. Oh yeah, no, question. No, yeah. no, no question. To and, get better, and it
3: helped. And uh, Matthew Hutto, he, he and Matthew Hutto would come together, uh, and so Matthew's playing the white tees one day and. The guys are kind of mad. I don't blame them. I said, well, What did he shoot on the front? Well, he shot 30, 31, and, and Chaney shot 34. They're playing the white tees. So I'd have a little chat with them. Y'all are not white tee players, <laughs> but they were looking at getting a little bit of the cash. Well,
2: on that subject, I was going to talk. we were going to talk about that dog fight because it's epic around here. I mean, y'all, y'all have had some, some, some classic stories that have come out of this place. Come
1: one, come all. You don't discriminate. Clarissa plays in the dogfight.
2: Clarissa
3: plays. Uh, we have, we have a lady, Sonny Fane. She's a Korean, um, and she plays what she plays three or four days a week. Wow! Um, is they'll pretty much take anybody. So, that, but you know, if you went back to ninety and ninety one, and we had that first year, and you know, we had a little group that played, and we kind of sat down as a staff over that winter of ninety one. So, you know, now we're a year and a little bit old, and. Um, part of what we said is we need a, a daily following. We need somebody who's here all the time. Uh, and if you gave them a discount, that would be a mute issue because you have to have some people that draw other people to come to your club. Yeah. So a part of that original group, um, I'm going to go back in your SCGA um, archives, um, is I gave a one-year membership to Jimmy Hawkins and Lanny Correll.
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yep. That's our guys. Uh,
3: is and at that time they were playing it. I think it was still Coldstream yep. You know at exactly. that time. Yep. So they when they came here, some of the Coal Stream guys came here. The dogfight was open. You know, pretty quickly, all of a sudden, Dustin Johnson is playing here with a fellow Fennel. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if y'all recall that name mm-hmm. or not. Yep. Not no Hus. N- not a great golfer, but a wonderful guy. Yep. About a seven eight handicapper, but he was buddies um, and had. Tried to help mentor Dustin a little bit over there. And, um, you know, at that time, Jeff Pinckney and Alan Corsi and myself were good players. Uh, Kevin Hester played here quite a bit then. Uh, we had some fellows that came from Charlotte quite often. Yeah.
2: Heard some <laughs> of those stories?
3: I have it, we won't tell I them here. It. <laughs> Is it became a player's game. Yeah. And it was very interesting that you would see some young fellas come. You know, if you had a 16-year-old son that you thought was a pretty good player, you'd say, well, I'm going to throw him out there to the wolves and see what happens. Yep. Uh, and, and pretty quickly, you can kind of tell if, if a fella's going to have some fabric that it takes to, you know, to, to be that guy i, I got to tell one of the funniest stories I've heard from that dogfight story, and I'll try to make it short, but uh, Greg, if I understand
2: you're on the tee, and this gentleman come up that nobody knew about, and you said, well, what do you shoot, trying to get A, B, C, D guys, and he's uh, he's I'm an A player, and Greg said, that's not what I asked you, I asked, what do you shoot, He's, I'm telling you, I'm an A player, he what do you shoot, He's, I'm a to 70, shoot 73, 74, because you're the C man today, that's and then read
1: right ready to on about your business, and that's, yeah. but that's also... Like you, You've you convinced me I need to come play because even though I'm not going to make a ton of birdies, I'm going to get an A player who's going to make five or six and just have some fun. Yeah, know?
3: still, you know, the game's probably shortened a hair over time. More golf courses have opened. But still, if you're an A player on almost a daily basis, you're expected to shoot from 66 to 71.
1: Yep. What was the story? right When I started with the SCGA, I want to say Kyle Thompson – and somebody else, might have been Brent Roof, I don't know, sewed up and put their name on a list, and, you know, you take all the bets. Yep. And George, George was still at Carolina, maybe, Brian. Yep. And Brent Roof, I want to say, shot a stupid 50-something that day and won a, won a good bet. But, you know, did you ever – do you remember that day?
3: Oh, yeah, well, it's <laughs> – it's pretty shocking that guys would come. I mean, Dustin. Dustin grew up playing out here. Yep. Uh, you would say, well, you know, he was in high school at that time. But if you if you took a couple of good players, a Brent Roof and a, um, a, Kyle, a Thompson. Kyle Thompson, and you put their name on the list this weekend, they're going to get twenty five <laughs> bets. Yep. <laughs> yep. And there's no shots being given. There, you know, there's nothing happening. And and. Right. Um, over time, the game has probably shortened in the amount of money you can lose, yeah. uh, based on friendship. You know, now the guys all play here all the yeah. time, and nobody wants to get hammered. Right. But they, but they want to, you know, have a little skin in the game. I, right.
2: I got one more, Chris Miller, who used to be our junior director, as everybody knows. He he was a pretty good player. He said he came out here one time, and uh, I asked him how he got in a dog fight, and asked me how he did. It. He, goes, he goes, "I'm never going to again." I said, "How's that?" He was man, He was. I shot seventy and lost a hundred bucks. He yeah. <laughs> <that? laughs>
3: Uh, you know, and even recently, if you if you took a day and you say, well, Steve Liebler was a member yep. here for a long time, and he's moved to Mid Carolina now, uh, that side of town for him. Uh, Steve Liebler, Chris Mitchell, Bert Cromer, um, on a weekend, Kyle Thompson, uh, Tommy Two Gloves. In uh, off season, this time of year is when the game will actually get better because some of the guys who play golf for a living are off, okay, and they're looking for a place that they can play and have competition. Yeah, Wesley and, still comes over. Uh, Wesley would still, yeah, Wesley and George Bryan, where where it would it would be nothing. You know, if I went back ten or fifteen years, and you said, Greg, what are you going to shoot now? So I'm going to shoot from seventy to seventy-five. Um, that's wasn't remotely an A player, right? <laughs> right. Not even close. <laughs> no, right. you're on the verge of B minus down there.
1: <laughs> All right, so let's let's do talk about your playing a little bit, the the CPGA and the, the pro stuff. Do yep. um, You ever counted how many things you've won? Not
3: not many wins uh, uh. along the way. As. Um, when I was playing, you were winning. I felt like I, I would cash. <laughs> uh, is once I came here, my focus on competitive golf. While I still enjoyed the tournaments, and I and I at that time still played in a lot of the the, the events, is my focus was on the spur and Northwoods, you know, and us doing well. Uh, and played in tournaments I always enjoyed the team events and when I got a little a little bit older and, and you know Burke and I go back 22 years you know he just left recently Is yeah. I
1: felt like you two were chance to win every time you teed it up
3: and we felt that way yeah you know and, and, you and always did well yeah um, but really, my only win would go back to right before I came here. Joe Jackson, who's still in the golf business in Greenville, yeah. uh, Joe Jackson and I won the very first Titleist Pro Assistant at Pinehurst Number Two. Nice, really. really? Is I, I had played horribly in the practice round, and Joe was like 500, and it rained us out on Number Two. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know he's playing <laughs> so good. I got to figure something out. <laughs> and Did you I, help, you help that week. I don't know the name of the driving range but on one of those little strips there's a driving range that was open at night in, in Pinehurst. So I went over there by myself and hit some balls and figured a little something out and we had played like three holes the next day and I think hole seven at Pinehurst 2 is a part three, a long part three. And I hit a two iron about two feet and I told, looked at Joe. I said, "Don't talk to me. Don't bother me. I'm <laughs> wow. Just drive the cart." <laughs> That's great. And, it, and we had we had gotten rained out and played three holes the first day, so we played thirty three holes. Oh goodness! Well, then the the biff of the Carolinas PGA is driving around saying, well, "You know, Bob Boyd is playing terrific, and he and his partner are doing good. And you know, there's four teams at nine under and." Joe looked right at him and laughed and said, we got two holes to go, we 10 under. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, you, you,
2: you might not have had as many trophies in the trophy case as, as you wanted, but the, the consistency of your good play shows in how many times you've qualified for our Palmetto Cup. I mean, you, you've you been playing in that that
3: forever, for as long as I can remember. And, and still today, um, I, I tell my wife how much I've enjoyed that over the years. You know, being one of the guys that – kept having opportunities my numbers at 20 something I think you know over those years uh, to play not not only with your peers professional wise but uh, you know the Walter Todd's and the guys that I've known for so long through the golf business to to shake hands and see all those fellas in one room at the end of a day Um, some of the young guys I think forget what that's going to be worth yeah you know down the road as they move along but uh, those relationships last forever And, and I use Walter's name he called me a couple months back, and and said, "Man, I want you to play in a one-day member guest with me on a Saturday at Musgrove Mill." And we've never played in a tournament together. So I was supposed to go to a grandson's baseball game in Atlanta, and we were driving. My wife and I were driving down the road, and she said, "You're going to play." And I said, well, "Wait." She said, "I'll go to the baseball game." You never do anything for you anymore, and you've known him since you got. Since I was in the eighth grade, I played with him the first yep. time, wow. and we've competed. You know, over all wow. those years, you finally get to be his partner. It's taken a while. <laughs> He's a pretty good one to be a partner with, yeah. too. And I got his home track. <laughs> right, right. I went by and cashed my gift certificate in on my, on my last trip to Atlanta. Good for you. Yeah, great. that's awesome, man.
1: Uh, at, at some point, this left your family and was purchased by. Uh, By Joe Rice, Joe um, Rice out of Charleston. So
3: my family bought the the first little piece. We bought five percent. They they needed some cash in those early years. And uh, in nineteen ninety one, and and slowly over time, we we owned a hundred percent. My my dad and my uncle. Yeah. Um, golf, as everybody knows, fell on some hard times. Uh, you know, some years ago and. Um, my dad and my uncle had both quit playing my uncle had moved away and it was kind of their playground at one time and golf was struggling and and my dad finally said I you know I I think I'm done (laughs) Uh, is I don't see the 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 reason I would keep this venture Uh, the course wasn't in good shape you know we had fallen on hard times and so my uncle prospected my dad to sell and so then my uncle, who's a big Gamecock supporter, was at a dinner with, at Steve Spurrier's house with Joe Rice and, and he and somebody else. Uh, and Joe looked at my uncle and said, um, when are you going to sell me Northwoods? And he said, this afternoon. <laughs> uh, and a few days later, my uncle called me and said, hey, they, they, they're going to send some guys up to look around. Uh, and they had... S- or six or seven people with their chef and uh, superintendent you know their, their right. whole crew came from Bulls Bay down yep, in Charleston yep, yep, yep. Uh, looked around we sat in this room and you know, had about a two or three hour chat and talked about where we had been and re- where revenues were expenses were you know all the, the business side of it and that was it right Joe wasn't at that meeting so that weekend Joe comes down with a, a fellow that I knew from Greenwood and, and, and knew growing up was older to me but one of his buddies and they go right around the golf course and then he asked me to jump in the cart and we ride around the course and um that was kind of it he's asking questions and a couple weeks later he shows up again it was football season which now I know is when he's yep. you know yep. in yep. Columbia yeah so. yep. um and we drove around and and came to a price and he asked me if I would stay and I said if if you buy it I'll stay if somebody else buys it you know, I don't know right. if I'll stay. And it's been terrific. And, you know, while, while owning it as a family was great, yeah. um, pretty much my daily routine has changed very little. Um, yeah. and, and they've been behind us the whole way as we've needed funding and, and tried to keep gradually improving the golf course, you know, back to some of its original places. Yeah. Um, they've provided the funds. And, and in today's world, that's not always easy. Is that is that where the primary investment
2: came from? then was back into the golf course itself. I know y'all did some carpet and some things around here, but I mean,
3: a little bit of clubhouse. Um, we got new equipment right off the bat from a maintenance standpoint. We got new carts. You know, and mm. my, my, our carts were pretty raggedy and you know wouldn't make it all the way around back in that in, in the very McBride limping to the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it is, and those things had visual differences to the customer. Okay, you know they're they're making some changes. Um, and slowly over time the the chemical fertilizer um, more help better equipment Um, we got new equipment i think it's two years ago now from uh, smith turf new equipment for the first time in 30 years it would have been then um you know i bet that was
1: a thing of joy though for you to look out and see it out there on that golf course oh
3: my gosh (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) just you know it's like you know heaven came in right right Uh, it is we struggled through some really hard times that last year that we were open as a McBride ownership we lost our irrigation pump 70,000 mm. you know to repair it yeah and so my dad and my uncle just said we're not fixing it if you can stay open good luck wow wow so i had a couple guys come in we bought all kind of contraptions um we could service three greens with a hose from the clubhouse, nine in the little Putton Green and 18. So that was a garden hose. I was about to say that's one long hose. <laughs> <laughs> then I had two guys that worked six, seven hours a day that we filled up trash cans and went out and dumped them on the green. Wow. Um, Do what
1: you had to do. See, that's what I've always appreciated about you, and I learn things from you. I feel like every time we talk, but you do what you got to do to get it done.
3: Is uh, we we survived, you know? And I look back now and think, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you know we went to that measure. Uh, We had to we had to try to do that as much as we could without people seeing us, you know? (laughs) Right? (laughs) You're dumping water on number four green out of a trash can, (laughs) yeah? And we took a pitchfork and stuck some holes in there so some of it would go down in the ground.
1: And all right, so let's talk about you. You graciously back in the day donated some space to the Fairway Outreach at the time. Yes, uh, and they built a building there, and you and Jeff Connell built them a putting green or practice yep, green. Yeah, yep. still um, there. Yeah, and, and Fairway Outreach doesn't do the programming they used to do, but there you have quite a junior golf program out here. Why don't yeah, you talk um, about that?
3: Um, so we'd go back in time with with the fairway outreach. Bobby would call and say, "Can we come hit balls? Um, you know, can I play nine holes this afternoon?" I got six six kids. Is, in in the city tournament, which we were hosting at that time, I, I, ten or eleven years in a row, we were host one time. So I knew our money that we were raising was benefiting the fairway outreach. As a family, we owned it. Bobby had always had some ideas that he could land somewhere, right? And I said, "Well, why don't?" Why don't you land here uh, you know we're benefiting we're raising the money to, to give you the money to land yeah so he came here it was it was really vibrant with bobby for several years and and as he got a little bit older and and his kids had kids and he became a granddad and they yeah. moved away i think some of his focus has changed um then joe buys us and they called me one day from charleston and say hey we got a girl she was on big break um, Twice, and she's quite the character. Brenda Barb is her name, and Brenda McLernan, it was at that time. She's, uh-huh. she's an Irish girl, <laughs> um, and she's really revitalized our kids' program. It's great. Um, so we just had our end of the fall tournament last weekend okay she had a a parent child we had 24 kids in that program which is year-round the summer program is always a little bit bigger you know than the fall program those kids are doing other things Uh, but and her she has kids in that age group you know eight nine ten years old so she enjoys the regrowth of that um, gives a lot of lessons to their you know the parents Um, and if you looked at my situation and so how much time if, if you're in charge of food and beverage while that's a small operation the golf course i work a lot of hours at the counter um, and you're in charge of the maintenance guys and what's happening out there do you have to just promote junior golf well it would be a a pretty tiny you know piece of time as well as teach some older fellas and 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 enjoy me some time off you know to enjoy my (laughs) kids and grandkids sometime. (laughs) uh (laughs) is so she's been a a really great find uh, for us she's yes. here two or three or four days a week um, I pretty much have just given her so she's using Bobby's right. fairway outreach building yep. which, which he graciously oh yeah you know said no problem and, and you're welcome to it yeah so it, at least now we're taking advantage oh yeah you know, of that commitment that he made way back
1: uh, this July whenever we were out here and, and she was like the Pied Piper with kids following her and they yes. were all happy it was, very, <laughs> it was so cool to see so um, uh, do you doing much teaching
3: now? Still, uh, I probably give uh, four to six lessons a week on the uh,
1: range. How many lessons are you doing in the golf shop when people? Just- I do a lot in the <laughs> shop. <laughs> those are those are free, so they try to nab <laughs> those. <map us. laughs> yeah, yeah. uh,
3: but I, I really—that's probably the part of the the business that I enjoy the most is teaching. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoy when you have some students that take over time. And, and to me, it's not the number of lessons that you give. Um, you know, to tell somebody they need a lesson every Wednesday, I, in my opinion, means I'm doing a bad job. Right. Um, but to have somebody who starts with you and, and you say, well, he was a 14 when he started, yeah. I get him to play a few times in the dog fight, and you look out there three years later, and he's a two. Yeah. Uh, you know, those are those are the fun yeah. stories. Yeah.
2: With, with with everything else you've had going on, as as clubhouse manager and food and beverage and superintendent and everything else you you also spent a lot of years as president of the midlands golf course owners association
3: yeah i i, I gave that up last year yeah uh, i feel like it was time for some new blood <laughs> uh, i think i was 2013 through 21 yep. um, and i really enjoyed that and, and to try to let everybody think about wow, i, I have to worry about revenue at my club and the other club has to worry about revenue at the other club are there some things we can do together to save money right then you can charge what you want to and i'll charge what i want to but we save both of us saved a thousand dollars you know at the end of the year um, and i know at several scga events we've used you know golf carts was one of the things yeah. we, we lease as an association six carts which are we call tournament carts you know when you need the carts just call and reserve them and. We bought a trailer, bring you a truck over here and hook up. And uh, we have an air fire uh, that, that, you know, is, is by use amongst the people that are members. So I, I enjoyed to try to open people up that were not all against each other.
2: Well, that, I think that was what my when I first got in, in, introduced to that group and was able to come sit in some of y'all's meetings and Seeing not not just the private clubs because they're doing their own thing, like you said, but some of these clubs that are, that are dependent on the public and, and y'all are striving to get some of the same public players at your facilities, it, general people thought would be that you're competing against each other. Maybe in theory you are at a high level, but when y'all would come together and, like you said, I mean fertilizer, y'all came together and, you know, products, mass yeah. and numbers, yeah. numbers make a difference and, and things like that. I thought it was really it was neat to see y'all working together to try to get to the ultimate goal.
3: And, and some people struggle to buy into that, you know, that, that are still members yep. and, and, and no hard feelings at all. It was just tough for them to imagine that they were pulling for me. Right. Um, my focus, and I think today, is where we are when golf is healthy we're all healthy yes um it it doesn't really do anybody good to say i hope that club goes out of business those golfers are going to play somewhere but the more healthy we all are then then that that was always my spill to them the the better off we'll all be speaking of healthy
2: golf the last couple years has been pretty healthy uh, for an unfortunate reason but it's been pretty healthy
3: Uh, you you know i've been here a long time at one club Yep. (laughs) i've seen a lot of it (laughs) Uh, to go back in time and imagine where we were when I first opened um, Thursday was tea time day, and on Thursday for the weekend we would sell out in 15 minutes. It was gone. Didn't need an internet. You you, you, you didn't need anything, and it was all foursomes, threesomes, and foursomes. You know, no nobody played as a single. Nobody played as a twosome. Um, and you were done. And they all showed up. Yeah. Um, and they showed up when it was raining, like my dad, because we'd have to stay home If we didn't <laughs> <better> go somewhere. <laughs> if we didn't go to the club. Is Then that dissipated. You know, economy changed. Uh, golf took a pretty big hit, uh, you know, back there for a six or seven year period of time.
2: That 2008 period was brutal, right? Yes. Uh, yeah.
3: Yes. Uh, and our revenue uh, pretty much got cut in half. Well, when you just look at that number, a half of your revenue, and say, "How are you going to make it?" Well, we were losing money. My dad and my uncle were putting big pieces of money in to get back to zero, and and people had a hard time understanding that. Well, what do you mean they're putting money in? You get to play golf today because he paid payroll. Right, (laughs) right. We're still open. Doors are open. And that wasn't just my club; it was it was everywhere. Uh, You know, even the private clubs were having to figure out a way. Uh, you know to get by uh, yeah. some of them probably banking wise got by easier than a privately owned course where you just got one guy uh, two guys maybe that are responsible right um, and then to go back to where we are now so 8, 9, 10 you had golf now a bunch of internet engines but that became the dominators this is how you make tee times singles and twosomes out of the wazoo which are nightmares <laughs> yep. for the operators of golf courses right um, and then you go to where we are today is I don't need an internet. The telephone rings 300 times a day. Um, so, But you're
1: still booked through. Y'all are booking through golf now, aren't you? But
3: we're still booking through golf now. Right. We don't take singles and twosomes. Uh, we still use them. They're, they're, we've, we've moved a lot of their times into what now is our empty times. There was a time when you didn't care when somebody signed up. Right. And it could be a single or a twosome. You, you just took what you could get because yeah. at the end of the day,
1: you showed me the summary. Like, oh yeah, you, you could pull up a tee time. This guy booked at eleven thirty last night. Him and his friends must have been out drinking, and you know, <laughs> he decided let's play golf tomorrow.
3: So the and, and still today. So like this weekend for Saturday, we'll book three or four tee times that have to be threesomes. Now we've done away with singles and twosomes on the on. You're making internet. your rules now, right? Yeah, so we got to be back a little bit more in charge. and uh, We let singles and twosomes play, but not in prime time. Mm-hmm. And you look and say, well, four guys booked last night at 115. <laughs> well, they were in five points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Will they be yeah. here? <laughs> <laughs> They've already paid. <laughs> uh, they they, they had not paid, but, okay. but you got all their information, yep. so there they you don't go. come. You, you, you got them. Right. Um, I will give them credit. The internet bookers are very good show rates. Uh, you know, maybe 90, 95% of those those guys are coming. And yeah. that would even be saying, well, they had a foursome and they only showed with three. Well, you know, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is the the real hard part back in the day for pace of play, which when we went to threesomes and foursomes, we're playing faster now than when we had a bunch of singles and twosomes out there. Yep, right. uh, Which doesn't sound like that would, that would be true, but... Um, in the last year or two, you know, on the weekends when we're busy and sold out, we're playing in four ten, four fifteen, and that's about all you can ask when you're going one tea time after another. But when we had the singles and twosomes out there, it'd be five hours.
2: Um well, the, you know, again, the the reason that the last couple of years have been so successful is because of the COVID issue and the and the boom in golf. Yes. Uh, d- do, the sustainability
3: of it. Are, are you are you, you feel good about it? We got do
2: you do anything different to try to keep that, or is this a, a wait and
3: see type of thing? As the old guy on the block, it's interesting. Um, I see faces, you know, that would be in my age group that didn't play for some period of time, and they're back. Can you re-grip these clubs for me? You, yep. you know, I, I'm not getting <laughs> new ones, but I'll put new grips on them. Yep. Uh, and then you look around on a Tuesday afternoon at three fifteen, and four people book on. You know, on the internet, and they walk in, and it's four college kids. Um, They book. They book the less expensive rate. It's three fifteen in the afternoon. They got one set of clubs. They buy four fifteen packs of golf balls, and you put your hands over your eyes and go, "Oh my (laughs) (laughs) God, let's get ready to happen." I don't want to see it. (laughs) It So I think it's you know, in my industry, the the PGA golf professional industry. How how do you keep those folks? Um, because those are the future guys that leave my daily fee spot and become members at Wood Creek and Mm -hmm. members at Wildwood, you know, here in Columbia. How do we grow that same fellow if you went back in time to, you know, to my age group where there was no internet, there was no cell phone and everybody was a member of a club because that's how you met people. And then all the electronic stuff came and, and as we all know, golf struggled and went through a time and, and everybody suffered you know public private daily fee everybody and now you get back over and you say everybody's pretty busy again how do we keep that guy i think some of it's a price you know price issue um how equip how equipment prices how daily fee prices and while we're all going up there's there's a threshold mm-hmm. uh, john white who we all know uh was here this past week and. Um, I'm going to say this. I'll give you a brand name. My number one selling golf ball by sleeve of golf balls is Wilson Tour Velocity, <laughs> which is their least performance. Yeah, least performance, <laughs> uh, less price golf ball. Right. right. And you say, well, why are you selling more of those than you are Pro V Ones, TP Fives, Chrome Sols? Because the guy who plays those balls needs one around. Yep, the yep. guy who's playing the tour Velocity needs that whole pack. <laughs> and I can appreciate that. I, my,
2: my wife gave me a dozen golf balls for Christmas a couple years ago and put my name on there, Biff. I said, honey, I can't use these. They'll be everywhere, and everybody knows who hit it here. There's only one Biff.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's a big challenge I think for I think we're probably on a high for maybe through 23 24 um, after that I think it'll be really interesting you know how, how do we keep all those people energized in the game of golf uh, you know the the places off premise um, what am I thinking of? Top golf. Top golf. Yeah. yeah. You know those places were booming when we were struggling. Um, yeah. Now I think they're struggling a little bit more since we're booming. Yeah. Uh, you know how do how do we all mesh together? You know to keep people really at both facilities. You know they they have a place and so do we. Yeah. I agree. No,
2: I think we were just in a conference last week in, in National Golf Foundation. That was one of their, their their subjects that we talked about was you know the off golf off course. Uh, participation versus the on course participation and how they mesh together and some of these top golf folks end up at the golf
3: course and vice versa so it's a a fine line of trying to work all together I I do think there's if I use my own children I have a 30 year old daughter that has a, a, a little boy he's four in Atlanta and my son has a 10 year old and a six year old here I do think for the first time in years that people are taking their young children to the golf course not necessarily to compete In like an scga junior event but just introducing them to golf Um, if i looked at the healthy junior program that that you guys have created over there you could probably look back and a big piece of those are their parents are pretty good players you know whether it's mom or dad they got introduced to golf because their family was in golf Um, but if you went back in my day at mems um, liner who competes in events yep. uh, we looked at a picture not long ago of us at greenwood country club that there was 32 kids at the junior clinic at greenwood country club yep. and we you know, a couple of them are not with us anymore but we looked through and said all 32 of those people still play golf yeah and there's just so few Man. today worlds that can say that yeah uh, they kind of pinnacle to be really good or they don't play anymore so all i'm right. hoping that we're creating you know, more eight handicappers. Yeah, that's uh, what that's
2: exactly right. That's what we need. More of those eight, ten handicappers.
1: We you mentioned your children, not by name. So we gotta mention Andrea. I mean the All Star. Yeah.
3: <laughs> right? Like Dung the boss. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: she's put up with you being here for thirty years, huh? Yes. Yeah. She's thirty two she des- years, yeah. She deserves an award.
3: A big one. Yeah.
1: But y'all still travel, get up to Hilton head in here now and then and
3: we um when we owned it I probably had less time than I do since Joe since Joe has taken over, because yeah. uh, I had to answer to my dad. Um, he he doesn't take days off. He doesn't believe in days off. And um, when Joe became the owner and and you know that company of Empire Golf, it's like man, you get three weeks vacation. I said, well, what's that? How many days is that? <laughs> <laughs> is that fifteen uh, or <laughs> is they want you to take vacation. They want you to be fresh and yep. energized. And and our kids are gone from home now. Um, my wife really was a hero back in the day when our kids were younger because I just wasn't around right. very much um, so I'm trying to be a, a good on the back end of the husband uh, slate and, and give her some time where it's just she and I because yeah. once the kids were gone we kind of looked over at each other one day and, you you live at this address yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and she she's been outstanding. So yeah, and then we you, you need
2: you need support like that in this industry. I mean, we we're all we've all been in the industry. We know how much time and travel and everything's involved with it. But and to have that support at home's nice and good for you on the back end trying to trying to trying to do get right. Uh,
3: <laughs> And, and we've been together since we were 13. A lot of people don't know that That's crazy. Um, you know, I'm 60 now. So while we've been married 35 wow. years, um, you know, we've been together another 10 years past that. So Has she, she
2: been mentally
1: checked? I
3: mean, <laughs> is she okay? <laughs> well, I tricked her
1: early. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so uh, your daughter, what's her name? Brianna. Okay, and... And your son, and is Tyler. Tyler yep. And, and I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Tyler's wife a free plug here. She is one heck of a photographer here in Columbia, South Carolina. Summer's McBride, right? Yep. 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 You want family portraits um, yep. called Summer.
3: Nice. She, she does a good job. She was a school teacher for a while and kind of branched out. And yeah. her kids, um, she wanted to be home more um, and started a little business. And she's doing really well. Oh
1: yeah, I see it all the time. So, you. well, Greg, thank you for having us here today. We I just scratched the surface.
3: Yeah, I
2: mean, we could go on forever and ever, but I, I do want to tell you, Greg, You know, I, I, like I said, I, I sharpened my teeth out here at Northwoods and, and learned a lot from you, and and uh, we've been friends for a long time. You've been a great supporter of our association uh, f- through all the years, and, and we, we've always enjoyed that relationship, and I, I appreciate what you do, for not here at Northwoods, what you've done for golf in the area, because, I mean, you've been a big part of golf in the Columbia area, much less the state, but the Columbia area particularly, and in a lot of different facets, and it, it means a lot to have individuals like you to, to, to help grow this game and continue to do what we're trying to do as a group in an industry.
3: And as I've gotten older, Biff, you you know, I had several people recently, uh, I think my 60th birthday caught people off guard as I say, wow, he's been here a long time. Yeah. Um, Is there's just so few times a a golf professional would even be in an area, much less at one club, you know, for that period of time. So I've enjoyed Columbia. We don't have intentions of going anywhere else. So uh, hopefully I'll kick the bucket right out here at the Spurs.
2: There you go, baby. Thanks for everything you do.
3: Thank you.